Welcome to episode 140 of the Ask the Coach Show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. 140 is the Twitter character limit, and also the sum of the squares of the first seven integers. For Throwback Thursday, we'll be going back to a match commentary video from the Ping Skills Classic. In the questions, we talk about how to make Waldner your private coach, what to call a ball that has its second bounce near the end of the table, when is the best time to hit the ball in flight, and we give some advice on playing pen holders with excellent backhands. I'm Jeff Plum, and with me as always is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, yes, it's um, it's pretty bitterly cold in Melbourne tonight. I have have to have to say, three degrees it was out there. Three degrees, and you sound like it's cold, and you've got a bit of a cold. Your throat doesn't sound too good there, Alois. Yeah, the uh, the voice is going, Jeffrey. So yeah, you might ha- when I when I give you the tag, you might just have to take over. All right, I'll be ready. Um, are you feeling okay? Or feeling yeah. sick or just? Yeah. You're feeling, feeling great, just this thing not working too well. Mm, okay, all right. Well, let's, let's see how we go. We'll try and uh, get through the show, and I'll take over if necessary. Excellent. Great. All right, well, it is Throwback Thursday, Alloy, so let's get straight into this um, match from an old Ping Skills Classic tournament. Yeah, it was it was good to uh, just go back and have a look at some of the old uh, videos. So we did a Pink Skills Classic at the Cobo Club, and um, it was good to go back and watch Carter versus Keck. It, the real contrast of styles. Um, but I, I think you know, just going through and uh, watching different videos and then trying to analyse them is is really good for your own game as well because you often pick up little things about. Uh, what the players are doing, um, and you know, you might say, well, that's that might be something that I can incorporate into my game as well. So, yeah, so Carter, pretty flashy sort of player, um, good strong backhand, um, Keck a little bit more um, controlled, um, and just see how you know Keck and Carter sort of go head to head and what happens in the match. So, um, well, well worth going back and having a look. Um, so it's in our. Um, um, lesson section, and uh, yeah, in there there's some uh, there's some really great videos um, on match analysis. Indeed, yes. Um, so I'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, this particular one is a free one, so everybody can watch it. Um, and if you want to watch more, you can become a premium member, and there's a whole lot of other videos there where Alice and I analyse the matches from the Ping Skills Classic. And as Alice said, you know, it's great to watch and, you know, just look at the tactics that are being used and, and see, yeah, how the players, you know, um, work out what's the best thing they should be doing. So, um, well, worth a watch. Take a look and let us know what you think. All right, Alois. Now, yesterday's Ping Skillers question of the day was, do you know the rules for wheelchair table tennis? Yes, we had a few comments um, as well. So uh, yeah, some some good, interesting comments from um, from players. But um, <coughs> so the the main thing, the main difference with wheelchair table tennis is that the serve needs to travel over the end line of the opponent. So, for example, the ball can't go out too wide. 
so it can't go out, cut out wide and go off the sideline of the of the um, of your opponent's court, and it can't um, have it so much backspin that it starts coming back towards the net. So if the receiver leaves it, it should go out past the end line of uh, their table. If the ball's short, they they can come in and hit it. So the ball is allowed to bounce as many times as you want on your opponent's side of the table. But eventually, if they left it, it would need to travel off the end line. So that's the basic rule um, for um, wheelchair. The other, that's interesting, the other... Alice. Because couldn't you then do a serve that was short enough that they couldn't reach? And you can. And there, there's a little bit of um, conversation around trying to change that now, um, especially for the um, for the class one and two players. So they're the lower functioning players. So with the lower functioning, it's harder for them to reach forward as well. So now players have developed a serve where they just drop it over the net on the first bounce, second bounce, and eventually it just runs forward. Um, so in essence, it's a li- it's a legal serve, but uh, really difficult for the class one and two players to be able to reach that ball. Um, they've they've had a bit of discussion on the um, players the players committee. Um, a lot of the class one and two players uh, are the ones saying no, we don't really want to uh, change that uh, rule. But yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting rule, and you know how it can be exploited. And I suppose the other. <coughs> The other rule is that after the, the serve, you're basically allowed to do anything. So you're allowed to cut the ball out wide. You're even allowed to um, put the ball up with a whole heap of backspin. So by doing that, getting the ball to drop onto the other person's side of the table and then come straight back onto your side with the backspin. And um... <laughs> Oh, dear, I'm going to have to take over. While Alice is dying there in the background, I'm just going to ask a question. But when they do that high ball with a lot of backspin, is that a common tactic? Are we seeing this a lot in wheelchair table tennis? Um, We are starting to see it uh, a fair bit. And as the the skills of the players improve more and more, uh, I think we see it more. Um, And I think it, I I feel it detracts from the game. Um, But uh, talking to a lot of players and a lot of other coaches and things, a lot of a lot of them um, don't mind it. So yeah, there's a bit of debate uh, backwards and forwards about um, whether that rule should also be changed. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and I'm just thinking about that short serve that players can't reach. I'm thinking of what an equivalent would be for able-bodied table tennis players, and I'm thinking it's like if you didn't have to have the serve bounce on your own side, you could just smash it away. I mean, then the opponents would have no chance. And that's similar here. The opponent has no chance. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, surprisingly, I mean, when you say they've got no chance, it's surprising what they can do and what they can reach eventually, you know, by just preparing themselves um, early. So, yeah, it's interesting. Don't know. Don't know the interesting. answer. Okay. And uh, one, uh, one person commented on Facebook that one of the rules was you have to be in a wheelchair. And... I guess that probably is a rule. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and quite a few um, um, replies on Facebook as well about that uh, rule and, and different ideas. 
The other, the other rule uh, difference is um, the doubles rule. So in doubles, you don't need to take it in turns uh, when you're uh, both in a wheelchair as well. I guess that makes a lot of sense. Alrighty. So the ping skillers question of the day, Alois, is, and I'm going to have a go at this first, but you're the expert, so maybe you can try it a few times. All right, Jeff, Jeff, I think we should just spell it and then okay. yeah, let people have a bit of a go at it uh, today and then tomorrow I will give them the definitive pronunciation. Well, wow. really. I look forward to that. So it is, we're talking about a table tennis player here. And we're asking, can anyone say their last name? So can anyone say N-U-Y-T-I-N-C-K? That's the question. We want to hear from you. Leave a comment. Let us know if you can. And uh, we look forward to hearing um, from Alois and the definitive pronunciation tomorrow. Yes, um, I've, been, I've been getting some coaching from one of our uh, members, Dieter, um, he says I'm getting a little bit better, but still haven't got it. So he was thinking probably, you know, six months of, uh, of work might do it. All right. Well, let's move on to some questions. And anyone can ask a question live on the show by visiting our Google Plus page and clicking the Q&A app. And the Adone has done that. And he says, hi, Jeff and Alloys. Do you think I should try to learn to brush the ball with a particular spot of my rubber for a correct technique and maximum spin, or is any part of the rubber fine? Um, I think initially, initially, you know, just trying to get the ball in the centre of your racket's the, the best thing. Um, but as you start to progress, you can start to think about um, hitting the ball on different different parts of your racket. So um, when you're when you're top spinning. <clears throat> it's better to get that ball closer to the front edge of the racket um, to generate more spin. Um, so, yeah, so you can try that. And then with your serve as well, um, thinking about different positioning on your racket of where you're um, contacting the, the ball um, can give you different spin too. So, yeah, just um, – but initially I think it's really important you know, just get the feel and get it in the middle of the racket. Then you can start to experiment a little bit about different spots on your um, on your racket then. Great, yeah. And I think, Alois, um, when we were doing the backhand topspin, it may have been against backspin video, um, we took a close-up of my racket showing the ball marks on the racket after I've done a few backhand topspins. Um, so that will sort of show you the ideal spot. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that video. And then we also have a service video on how to get the maximum spin by hitting in a right spot for the pendulum serve. So I'll put a link also to that video. So check out those two videos um, when you can, dear Donne. All right. And uh, dear Donne has gone high again. If time allows for another question, I was told with a tacky sheet, I don't have to loop a backspin ball with that much open and angle of the bat. Can you confirm that this is the correct technique, coach? Um, yeah, so if the if your um, top sheet is quite tacky or quite grippy, um, you you can get away with turning your bat over a little bit more because the the grippiness of the surface is going to tend to uh, grab the ball and lift it a bit more. So yeah, to certain to a certain extent it is, um, <clears throat> but it's not always about just the 
tackiness of the surface. It's also the sponge um, behind it as well. So, because um, there are some really cheap bats that have a really tacky surface, but no, the sponge behind it is really weak. So, so then you don't get away with uh, turning your bat over. But um, yeah, in general, if you've got a nice tacky surface, nice sponge, then you can uh, turn your bat over a fraction more to grip the ball. Yeah, but I guess I guess in principle, the shot you learn and you know the start position and finish position, most of the basics that we teach would remain the same. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. There, there might be there might be slight changes. And that's it. Yeah, there might. I mean, it's it's a couple of degree change with your with your with your racket, but yeah, it's not something that you need to focus too much on. Okay, good. All right. Now, um, here's an interesting question from Brock Alois. He wants to know, if I want Jan Ove Voldner as my private coach, how can I ask him and message him? Do you think he would accept it? It would be an honour to be trained by the legendary Waldner. Yes, um, Brock, um, his number is uh, plus uh, 48-289-7358-472-78. Three, I think. I thought all the numbers were meant to start with five, five, five. Oh, right. Um, I, I, I forgot the, I forgot the five, five, five at the start. <laughs> yes, um, okay, quite, good one. Yeah. Sorry. Excellent. No contact. <laughs> um, yeah. And he probably, I don't know, Alois. I don't know that he'd be into doing a lot of private coaching, Waldner. But who knows? Yeah, it's interesting. Can, like, yeah, a player, a player like that. I mean, has de- dedicated so much of his life to um, to table tennis. It's difficult for those sort of players to then, you know, um, branch out and do other areas of the game as well. I think you know because they really have. They've. I mean, Walden has been playing table tennis from a really young age. It's been his life, um, and then I, I think it's difficult for them to then go and do you know things like private coaching and, and that sort of stuff. You know, like. They're, um, they're legends. They've just lived table tennis all their lives. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, I, yeah. to be honest, Brock, I don't like your chances, but who knows? Anything is possible in this world. All right. Next question is from Johan, who says, we can distinguish half-long shots, which only bounce once but dip down very soon after passing the end line. What can we call balls that actually bounce twice, but the second bounce is very close to the end line? At the moment, I call them half short. Well, you know what? I like it. I, I do like the term because often we do talk about half long and it just it's, the terminology doesn't quite cover whether that second bounce is on the table, just off the table, um, or, you know, close, close to. So I like the term half long meaning the, the second the second bounce is going just off the end and half short, meaning that the second bounce is going to bounce just on the end of the table. So, yeah, I like the terminology. Maybe right. you're on something there, Johan. Yeah, I don't think there's really been a definitive guide for this. And, Alois, maybe when we get this up and running, if we ever do, we can put it in that terminology section that we were talking oh, about. Oh, that happening. terminology thing. That's another thing we've got to do, Jeff. <laughs> Indeed, put it on the list. Um, but yeah, that's a good suggestion, Johan. Let's go with that. Half short, meaning it just bounces second bounce near the end, and half long, just goes off the end. 
Good thinking, Johan. All right. Next question is from Thomas. And Thomas says, should certain balls after specific strokes, like topspin or a backspin or a push, etc., after the bounce, always be hit when they are rising at their highest point or falling? Or are there always different possibilities for returning each of these? Yeah. So initially, I think the best way to learn a stroke is by hitting the ball at the top of the bounce. So at the top of the bounce, you're giving yourself the best chance of getting the ball back on the table. However, for all your shots, you can vary the uh, timing point of when you're hitting the ball. So if the ball bounces on the table, it's going to go up, reach the peak, and then come down again. Now, you can hit any shot at any point in that arc. So if you hit it early, so with a short push, you can hit it early, or you could even try um, and take a a topspin really early off the table. You can take a topspin later off the table. You can do a push later on the table. So the possibilities are really endless and they're just variations of what you're doing. So um, you can play any shot from any timing point. But to start off with, I think if you focus on getting that ball right at the top of the bounce, so here, then it's easiest to, to learn because the ball's at its highest, obviously, and it from that point, it can see more of the table. So for your attacking strokes, for your push strokes, it's just a little bit easier. All right. So, yeah, so when you're learning, start off with on top of the bounce. After you've sort of got the hang of it, maybe experiment around a bit. I guess some um, shots lend themselves more to different points in the arc. Like you said, Alice, if you're returning a serve and want to return it short, there's um, a lot of advantages to taking the ball early, for example. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, For the, sh- for the short ball, especially if you're pushing, um, it's much easier if you get that ball early because then it's close to the net. If you're hitting the ball from all the way back here and trying to get it short, it becomes a little bit more uh, difficult. So, yes. So for those sort of things, it is. Yeah, there are yeah. there's some, some points. Indeed. And I guess for the top spin, I, I tend to think the highest point is probably the best most of the time because you've got, um, you know, like you explained, the best angle to the table. Again, taking the ball early is probably more difficult to stroke for yourself because you've got to take it early. You've got less time, but then you cut down on your opponent's time so really there's sort of, you know, pros and cons and, you know, all the situations are different. But I guess, yeah, experiment around a bit. And, um, yeah, you know, that's what table tennis is about, variation. All right. Next question is from Romeo. And Romeo says, can you give me some advice on how to play against pen holders who have an excellent backhand? Yeah, sure, Romeo. So um, some basic tactics against pen holders. Often a good place to attack to them is to their forehand block because it's hard. It's a little bit harder for them to get over that um, that ball. So especially if you do a, a, a really spinny top spin um, to their forehand, it can be it can be difficult as well. Um, if they have got a strong backhand, often the backhand will be strong um, off. A slower ball, so off a push or or, um, or just a softer softer block. So if you can force the pace a little bit there, um, often it does 
um, force them to to use their their um, traditional block, I suppose, with the backhand, and that can be a little bit weaker too. So, um, yeah, but uh, I think the other important thing is that against anyone, no matter what uh, grip they use or or what they are, you still need to go through the basic um, strategies and think about where that particular person is good at attacking from or where that that person is particularly good at blocking from, uh, what type of serves they um, do well, what type of returns they struggle with. So it's it's a matter of going through that process, <clears throat> no matter whether they're pen holder or um, shake hand with a good forehand, weak backhand. Yeah, it's just a matter of an analysing that particular person. Very good, very good. So... Um... I was thinking we've got a video on this, Alois, um, called Basic Tactics or How to Beat Someone Better Than Yourself. And if you haven't signed up for a free account at Bing Skills, when you sign up, we'll send you a link to that video so you can watch it. And it talks about exactly what you're talking about, Alois, you know, the basic things you need to talk think about when you're playing someone. Um, so if you haven't signed up at pingskills.com yet, go ahead, go to pingskills.com, Sign up for our free account and we'll send you a free weekly newsletter and in the first email you'll get a great video on how to beat someone better than yourself. All right, Alois. Now, people are just um, saying I like to say yes, indeed, a lot. Brock has said that and Diodono says, I listen to your show regularly now and I think I'm starting to say indeed more often. I wonder why. (laughs) Are you slowly brainwashing the public, Jeff, about uh, how to speak? I am, and soon they'll all be sprouting facts about numbers as well. Oh, goodness gracious me. I hope not. <laughs> Indeed. There you go. I said it again. Indeed. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. That wraps up show 140. And um, when is our next show going to be, Alois? Uh, tomorrow night. Excellent. Very yes. good. We will catch you all tomorrow for another show. Have a great uh, day if it's the morning wherever you are or a great night if you're in Australia, and we will catch you tomorrow. Thank you, Alois. Bye. I hope your voice recovers. See you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>